As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey team, welcome to Anime Shoshin. My name is Blake and this is Merv. Hello. And on today's episode, we have what could be possibly the best episode of Anime Shoshin ever. This is the Anime Shoshin. Are you ready? At least top five, wouldn't you say, Merv, what we've got set up for today? I feel like any one of them could be the best one ever. Once we went at the beginning, at the very beginning. Yeah. But this one definitely has a lot of promise. Yes. Yes. This one definitely has a lot of promise. But the reason I say this is two reasons. One, we are finally getting to the Anime 86 which is a excellent anime to talk about. And we have a ton of special guests joining us. So first, we've got my wife, Jessica, on. So if you could say hello. Hi. And we also have the trio of the Simping for Senpai podcast back on. And I could not be more excited about this. We've been planning this for a little while, and it is finally here. So Ash, Daddy Coon, Psychotics, why don't you say hello to everyone? Hello. Hello. Konnichiwa. Awesome. And actually, this is the first time I've been on here. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Because they, they didn't allow me to come on for Iron-Blooded Orphans. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I was the one that wanted to do it, but... Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, that is interesting how that worked exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, it was. That is true. That was yours, yeah. Yeah. But, but we did a different Mac. We did. Yeah but not Iron-Blooded Orphans. But you did get some shout-outs in that, so that worked out pretty good. I know, I know. I was happy. Yep. I wasn't happy with some of the things that were said, but... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> Listen to the whole thing going, if I was there. I was writing a list down in Discord as it was going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, Ash, I will turn to you for this. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about the Simping for Senpai podcast? Hello, everybody. I am Ash Basham from the Simping for Senpai podcast. I am the resident anime titties expert of the group. 
And what we like to do is talk anime, anime news, manga, and also whatever type of anime shenanigans we try to get ourselves into. And uh, we are found everywhere on any podcasting service that you are a part of. We're also on Twitter at SimpXSenpaiPod. Very good. Definitely go and follow, subscribe, add them to your podcast feed, whatever you want to call it. You will not be sorry, I promise you. And actually, I noticed something today because I was having to work on our Apple RSS feed. For some reason, the last episode it had put out on Apple was the first Iron-Blooded Orphans episode. So it was like three behind. Oh, wow. So I was messing with that. And little known fact... If you search anime Shoshin or animation on Apple Podcasts, we come up and you all come up for some reason, wow. which is pretty sweet. So if anyone searches for us, two podcasts that come up are yours and ours. Mm-hmm. So. Subscribe to them both. Yeah, we are uh, inextricably linked. And five stars, both of our, our shows, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm tired of doing it, to be honest. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow, we do pop up. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. That is pretty cool. Wow, Blake's not a liar. <laughs> <laughs> not today, at least. So like I said, we are we are inextricably linked. But let's get into this episode a little bit. I do have a subject I'd like to talk about briefly at the beginning of this, and it's a little bit of a somber subject, but I think it's definitely warranted because of the anime that we're going to be talking about. So not that long ago, probably about a week and a half, maybe two weeks at this point. Um, Billy Kamitz, who does the voice of Shin in 86, the English dub voice, unfortunately lost his battle with cancer, which was a huge hit to the anime community because Mm -hmm. not only did he do Shin in 86, but he was also in Cells at Work. And then my favorite other character that he voiced was Naofumi (gasps) in Shield Hero. Yeah, the English dub. Mm -hmm, The English dub actor. Yep. That's so sad now. I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. he's a young guy too. Yes, he was. Thirty-five years old. You know. Oh my God, I'm young. So I would say rest in peace. Yeah, Billy Kamets, you will be missed. Yes, you will for sure. Uh, I want to know what they're gonna do with Naofumi. Oh, because it's not finished. Recast. I don't know. So I do remember the very last episode of 86, not the first season, but the very last of the second season, mm-hmm. because he was going through cancer treatment, he wasn't able to record for that episode, and it is a different voice actor. I don't remember who. Mm. It is? I didn't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. He did a pretty good facsimile of Billy's voice, so it's it's close-ish. It was kind of like someone doing an impression of someone's voice, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like I literally watched them back to back today and didn't even notice it was somebody different. It's crazy. Again, rest in peace. I mean use the line the line I always steal from Norm McDonald, who also recently passed of cancer. When someone dies of cancer, they didn't lose their battle with cancer. It's technically a tie. That is true. <laughs> because the cancer is also dead. Yeah, it is a tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and very meta that he would, Norm MacDonald would say that, have that joke. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. All right, let's let's uh, let's move to the show itself, the episode itself. And this episode is dedicated to Billy Kamitz <laughs> for all of his uh, hard work on, on this. And let's get into 86. So as we always do, we're going to start first with our rating. And just for anyone who's not familiar or for everyone who is on, I I know you're all familiar with how it works, but I'll explain it anyway. We use what is called a Likert scale. 
And what a Likert scale means is how likely you are to recommend something to others, how likely you are to recommend it to friends, family, subscribers, podcast listeners, that type of thing. And it's a scale from one to five. One means after this show, you will never talk to anyone about it ever again. And five means it's an anime that you actively will be telling people about that you really enjoyed and that you're excited about. We don't do threes because that's lame. So you have to commit. <laughs> Choose a side. Yep. One way or the other, either you're going to recommend it or you're not. It's either got to be a two or a four or a one and a five. You know, one of those numbers, no threes, no, uh, no three point one. No ones. being average. None yeah, of that either. I always try to slip in decimal points. It never really works. Oh, so no decimals. Okay. Nope. So I will go through the, uh, Japanese rock, paper, scissor here. And when I'm done, if everyone could hold up your score one to five. Here we go. Will you recommend this to us? First comes rock. John Ken Pon. First comes rock. John Ken Pon. Got a good mix here. Merv, I can't yeah, see you. Merv, you're not on the screen. I can't see your fingers. We got. <laughs> you're not on. There you go. Oh, we're the same. I can see most of them. There, oh, there you, you go. go. Yeah. Oh, they were on yeah. my screen because I'm widescreen. Because <laughs> your your hand at first was like this, was like this. and it kind of looked like this. Wait, here it is. Yeah, it's like yeah, two. I was like, and I was like, dude, <laughs> what is wrong with you? I was you? like, it better not be a two. That's his rating. It was, yeah. it was like cut off. Yeah, it was like that. It looked yeah. like you're like this. I'm giving no, it a, a this. I gave it a four. Yeah. yeah, we should say what everyone gave it because otherwise the listeners can't know. Yeah. Everyone hold up your hand again. So. I gave it a five. Psychotics gives it a five. Merv gives it a four. Jess gives it a four. Daddy Coon gives it a four. And Ash gives it a five. So everyone's at a four or a five. That's a tie, too. Three to three. So yeah. out there, jump on Twitter, Discord. Tell us, break the tie. Come break the tie. Settle the debate. My choice counts for twice, always. That was the JoJo rule we established. <laughs> it's too bad there's not a way on here where we could like put the number up on the screen so you could see like a way to add a note or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, right? I mean, I'm sure there is. Yeah. But... We're too old for this. We're, we're too dumb for that. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. Too dumb, too old. I'd explain it to you guys, Early but you wouldn't, wouldn't get it. <laughs> everyone has given a rating, and everyone says they will recommend the 86, which is not a surprise in the least. No, it's overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, and this is definitely a beloved anime, one that people talk about a lot. It's a very emotional anime, which I'm sure we'll also talk about quite a bit today. But what I thought we would do for our next section, which is what is it about, is I thought we could do this a little bit in tandem. Doesn't have to be anything too detailed. I'll go ahead and start and we'll just go across the screen. So we'll go me, Psychotics, Merv, Jessica, Daddy No, you have to I don't call know our if names. That's how it looks on your it's screen, not. That's how it... It's, it's not, not a different it's... order for us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll call it up then. But we'll go through, and if everyone could just give a couple of sentences about what it's about, and if we could try to make it somewhat linear, that's great. But if not, I don't really care. Are you talking? Yeah, are you talking chronological? Like then this happened, then this happened. If we can, yeah. Ooh, okay. If not, it's not a big deal. But that's the hope. One word at a time. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. Shin, and then psychotics is, <laughs> and then Merv. Uh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It is necessary to set the record straight regarding our tale. You must study this series of events. You may find more. 
you may not. So I'll give a little bit of context here. We are in an Elseworlds. This is like an Elseworlds anime. It's not in our known world. It's in a completely made up fantasy land. And you have the Alba who have silver hair and or white hair and silver eyes, or I think they say silver for both. Mm-hmm. And what they've decided to do, because they have to fight this AI mech army, is they've decided to take everyone who doesn't have silver hair, silver eyes, and make them what they dub 86. And the reason that they're dubbed 86 is because they're all put in the 86th district of the country, which happens to be outside of the safety of the walls. So it's like there's 86 districts inside of these protective walls, or 85 rather, Mm -hmm. and then the 86th district is outside. And they've also dubbed anyone who doesn't have silver hair or silver eyes is not human. They've dubbed them non-human. And that is where I will leave off. Psychotics, if you want to pick it up from there. So I've described, you know, kind of a little bit about the the world and the the split that they've created with these districts. All right. The whole shtick of the Republic of San Magnolia, right? It's San Magnolia. Is that their thing is to combat the Legion, which is the AI. Their big plan was to use automated, non-piloted, I forget what they call them. Uh, basically the mechs. Juggernauts? Yeah, juggernauts. I there think you go. What they yeah. use. Mm-hmm. And the way they get away with it is that they don't inform the public that the automated pilots are actually 86. And it's, I think, like 13-year-old to 17 i think it's five years that they serve mm-hmm. typically which spoiler alert uh no one ever gets out of the army like they're promised to because they always get sent on a um suicide mission to die instead of become i think they're promised to become uh actual full-fledged citizens if they complete their term yeah and then you start thinking why don't you see anyone if that's the case why don't you see anyone with brown hair in the city yeah no you see absolutely none (laughs) all right murph uh if you want to pick it up from there anything you want to talk about with the story so our current 86 the kids that are put in war to die are a group led by shin kind of our main character here and he has learned through his innate psychic abilities that his family has that the automatons that they're fighting are actually using human brains of the people that they killed. And one of them is his brother. And they all know, the 86 all know that they never become citizens. They they kind of know the score. Again, most of this is a media lie for San uh, Magnolia. So Shin is kind of on a mission to find his brother's brain, the um, mech that his brother is inside, and kill him. And that's the kind of first third All right, very good. Jessica, what would you like to add to the story? So once we've figured out these different components of the story, then we start learning about the handler. And the handler is part of San Magnolia. You know, they live, um, they're one of the the silver-haired people with silver eyes. And basically, they're in the, the safety of their headquarters, surrounded by computers. And they're kind of like the ops of um the 86 and they help lead them on missions and guide them and really the 86 
they really don't respect the handlers. You know, they're they're in their the safety of this other area, and the 86 are out every day fighting and losing their lives, and they just feel you know disrespected, and of course you know non-human, and it's just they feel very disconnected to the handler and. A new handler comes in named Major Millie Zay, and, you know, she's got a good heart, and I think she, from the beginning, views the 86 as citizens, and, you know, it's controversial, but she's able to speak her mind because, really, she's, like, the general's daughter or, you know, has a high connection there, and and so she's able to speak out, and so she tries to get to know these 86 and she just realizes how disconnected she is because she doesn't even think to ask their names. And she begins to get to know them and almost like a love interest starts to happen between Major Millie and Shin. All right. And it kind of develops from there. Very good. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. I just didn't want you to, you're doing so well, but I didn't want you to take all the story beats from the other two. Sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) That was good. That was good. (laughs) I was trying to remember in my mind, like, what's happening. It's okay. The simping for senpai guys aren't good at that part. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, you guys got a new follower tonight. I just followed you. Yay. Oh, thank you. Hey, You're thank welcome. you. Thank you. Yeah. I should do that one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Daddy Coon, you are up, my friend. What would you like to add to the story? Well, I really love how you said just everyone just say a couple sentences, but everyone just <laughs> just like said mm-hmm. uh, a paragraph, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Secondly, I just wanted to say a couple things. Um, first off, uh, your guys' cadence, notes, and everything are awesome. Sounds so f- sophisticated. I just wanted to say that Melise's waifu and the mech slash juggernaut fights were amazing. Damn it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Damn it. You took what I was going to say. <laughs> exactly. Ash, I thought you'd want to talk about the romance, man. I thought that's where you would go. I thought you'd be all about the... Yeah, that's his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I was going to well. get to that. I was going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, the mech fights are sweet. They're awesome. Yeah, they're very good. They're awesome. This is kind of blending sections a little bit, but the sound design Mm -hmm. on the mech fights is incredible the animation is really good too it's good Uh Mm -hmm. i get i get a lot of similar narratives between iron-blooded orphans and 86 the story-wise yes where i think this is going to get real good is later a question for the end will be which is superior so i'm excited to have that conversation with everyone that's on this episode okay um did we do do i need to go get my knife (laughs) maybe are we going to drop a knife in the middle? <laughs> Maybe. The good thing is you're on the opposite side of the country from us. So even if it goes bad. <laughs> well, the bottom side. That's cool. Um, go get some, go get a knife and cut up some etouffee. Etouffee. <laughs> it's etouffee. <laughs> etouffee. I, I'm from Michigan. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's okay. Oh. I've only ever read it off of menus. Speaking of A's. Ash, why don't you tell us a little bit about 86? That is known as bridging in the biz. So 86 mainly does focus heavily on the the differences in viewpoints when it comes to politics and what the viewer themselves see as acceptable. And it's really hard to essentially determine 
what you feel was necessary in some of those situations because yes there's that coming threat and we don't know what the threat is but that's also part of the main plot where there is a threat coming but when is it finally going to show up at the doorstep and then also uh, the characteristics of the way how they ran their society is like on top of that and then plus also they trickled in there like a love story that I honestly didn't think that they were going to do a random little love story in there until I started noticing it develop a bit more until the episode with the fireworks. Mm-hmm. That's going to be brought up later on as well. Just FYI. Yeah, good. They left us on a good cliffhanger too mm-hmm. that that had me striving for more. And then the other cliffhanger at the at the very end as well that it was coming within like a few months after the, the first part ended. Yeah, the end of the technically second season, the last moment of that mm-hmm. is a huge, it's like a 30 second, well, maybe like a Oof. two minute payoff for however many hours, but it's a valuable payoff Yes, for it is. sure. So I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good discussion about what 86 is about. Merv, you are up, my friend. Why don't you tell us how they did with 86 from a writer's perspective? Regale us with your wit, storyteller. So one of my favorite things about this show is like the world that it's set in. I like dystopian stuff. I like dystopian sci-fi. And so what I'm going to ask you, and I'll do, and I'll talk a little bit, um, but what I would ask is I want everyone to throw out their favorite world. It doesn't have to be anime necessarily. And the way I always think about this is if Hollywood just gave me a bunch of money and said, make a movie in some other use some ip to make a movie what what movie would you do or what world would you use um but i would say i've always wanted to do this is i would love to adapt thundercats mm, that's awesome just play around in that world the thundercats world i think it's super interesting like they they were in a sleep chamber for many years there's ancient spirits mixed with technology and all that stuff ancient spirits of evil so I guess I would pick the world I would pick. It's not necessarily an anime world, but uh, if anyone's read Terry Brooks, his series about the Magic Kingdom sold. Landover, yeah. Yeah, Landover. So basically, there's a lawyer. the The story starts with this lawyer, and you know he's unhappy with his life, and he picks up this magazine, and he finds a magic castle for sale or something like that. And uh, he's like, this can't be real. And anyway, he goes to this mall and he finds his way into a portal from this mall into like a fantasy world. Mm. And so he's trying to navigate and he doesn't really believe in fantasy and he struggles because he just struggles kind of with people. And then he evolves and there's eight different books and he ends up becoming like the king of this world. And it's very, very cool. And a lot of the fantasy is neat. He ends up marrying like this green forest princess who's like the kindest, like most beautiful princess. And she's green. <laughs> and um, they get married and they have a they have a daughter. And then there's like another series. And she's like the princess of this land. And I don't know, the, the book is really, really cool. The series is great. I, I couldn't put it down. I read all eight novels and uh, it, the world is uh, very cool. That's a good one. So you're thinking of an isekai. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. It literally is an That's isekai. A, yeah. <laughs> isekai. That's cool, though. Who'd like to go next? Uh, I'll go next. I think if there was one thing that I feel like I could adapt fully is uh, the Predator. 
good franchise. Yeah. I know there's a new movie coming out, and it's giving me tones of the original, which is great. Prey. Yeah, dude. Called. Yeah, it's called Prey. Um, sadly, it won't be in theaters. It's gonna be on Hulu, but I don't know. I've just I've as much as I love anime, I love sci-fi as well. So Predator is one of my all-time favorite uh, sci-fi uh, characters and franchises. And the reason that would be so fun is you could like do anything. You could do like medieval Predator. Yeah. Know? Exactly. That's my take on that. I knew these would all be good. All right, so I'll go. And I'm I'm gonna pick actually an anime one that Ooh. I'm sure some of you have probably seen. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to Made in Abyss Land. Oh, yes. No, I haven't watched that. Yes. The reason I'm going to Made in Abyss Land is because basically you have, for anyone who doesn't know, the abyss is this deep hole in the ground that goes down for untold levels. And what's cool is we only really know so far what I think they get to what like the fifth, fourth or fifth level. They get to the fourth, fourth level, I believe it is. Yeah. Is it fourth? Yeah. Okay. And uh, there's treasure in there. Everything is set up perfectly to have a world to expand upon, grow upon, that type of thing. Because one, you've got all this treasure that you can make the treasure do whatever you want it to do. I mean, there's magical abilities in this that can do all kinds of crazy things. So you've got this unknown world. It's a simple concept, but you can put whatever kind of treasure or goal or reward you want in there. So whether it was something that I would be writing a story for or even living in, I would definitely want to go get those relics and find out what kind of treasure I could get. And Mm -hmm. it's like a world of the gold rush in the old West where you could go and just make it rich. Yeah. And every level too is a different world Mm -hmm. essentially, which is insane. I love the (sighs) season two this season. Or it's coming up season. Yeah, isn't it like next month or something? July? I think so. Oh, I'm excited. I love that show. Yep. I can't wait. I can't wait. I love it too. So good. Well, you know what? Since I started talking, I'll, I'll go for one of the worlds. that I Like, honestly, like this one specific world is from a very, uh, I wouldn't say big franchise known as Final Fantasy. Mm. <laughs> Some people have heard of it. Uh, I'm going to go with Final Fantasy X's actual like, area known as Spira. And that actually is a dystopian world if you think about it too since uh since sin came and destroyed xanarkin a thousand years ago and that entire world is amazing i i love that world so much where it's it's green it has almost the same kind of concept as the story that we're dealing with as well because there is some divide on what they considered you know correct and incorrect but the fact that this is probably one of the few i would say game series that actually has its own integrated actual like sports system and that it carried on to another game as well on top of that which i thought was amazing what sport are you chocobo racing racing (laughs) blitzball yep thank you there is a game called blitzball okay okay here's the thing if 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 we ranked the games in final fantasy triple triad's probably number one and blitzball's two for me because triple triad's still one of the greatest systems that was ever implemented that's the card game from what nine right from eight eight okay okay or 14 yeah it's in 14 what was the game in nine uh they jump roped i remember that that was part of one of the the quest lines to do to get the ultimate weapon I remember binging that game. So my brother and I was in high school. I just graduated high school at that time. And I remember we would just like order like a ton of pizza. And he and I would just like play Final Fantasy until we mm-hmm. just like couldn't. And yeah, I played that game. I couldn't even tell you how many hours. <laughs> I watched that game before Twitch was cool for 
like 30, 40 hours because I never played it, but I'd always watch my cousin play it. <laughs> you know how much I actually like 10? I actually have it on four different consoles. Like, honestly. So yeah, sorry. That's how much I like That's the as game. much as I like Dark Souls. Wow. <laughs> Which, surprisingly... Okay, so Murph, you set me up for a bad question. Okay, sorry. Well, it was good. It was a good <laughs> question. And then Blake made my brain go to, well, what if you had to live in it? And then I was like, oh, well, then darn, I don't want to live in any of the worlds that I'd pick. Because <laughs> unless I'm the main character, uh, yeah. my life isn't going to be so nice. So I, I got a list. I mean, but you could have some sweet, like, allomancy powers. I know, right? How'd you know I was going to say Skadrio? So I think I got, like, five or six that I, I can't think of a favorite one. So I'm going to say one that probably no one would have thought I would pick. Uh, it's from probably the first fantasy author I can recall reading, like, outside of school, which is David Gamel. Legend was, like, the first one of his I read. Uh, Legend? Uh, mine was White Wolf. Mm. So yeah, so basically that world is one of the ones that I think of first. Like if I got to write a movie, it would, like that would be really cool, and it wouldn't be done. Uh, David Jamel's like the Janai stuff got a lot of uh, like different stories you could tell within the world. Like you got the uh, what's the name? The Storm Rider, uh, Storm Rider. I want to say his name is. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Stormlight Archive, and I'm like, there's your Brandon Sanderson in the oh, episode. Yeah. I mentioned it earlier. Skadrill and... Um, yeah, that's Mistborn. Yeah. yeah, that's Mistborn. And then, basically, I do the whole Cosmere, because every one of his worlds is, like, great. Uh, but, yeah, Dark Souls would be my video game choice. You, But you wouldn't want to live in Dark Souls, even if you were the main character. <laughs> No, well, I mean, no. you would be undead as long as you wouldn't go hollow. You'd be fine. There's no death in that world. Right. I live in the Elden Ring <laughs> world if I had max level everything. Yeah, but all you need is Moonlight Katana, then you destroy everything. <laughs> can I do up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, B, A, select, start, or no? Yeah, you can. Okay. But I, I just wanted to bring that up because, like, my favorite part of this show, well, there was a lot of good things about it, but my favorite part is the world. Daddy Kun, what was yours? Did we hear yours? Uh, yeah. I well, I kind of missed the part when you said to live in. I just said that if it was up to me, I'd probably want to direct, bring into fruition like a, a new take on Predator. Yeah. Yeah, Predator. Yeah, the Predator. Sorry about that. Yeah. You could live there. It'd be fine. I'll be a warrior. I'm the Predator. So here's the question, though: <laughs> Would you, if you were in Predator world, would you be the hundred pound soaking wet girl that's in Prey? Or would you be Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> Who would you want to be going against the president? I'd be the 100-pound soaking wet girl. Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> I'd want to look masculine, but also, you know, looking good in water. Be in, t- be in touch with your feminine side. Yeah, yeah, be in touch. Be in touch with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well said. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So we've done what it's about. We've done stuff about writing and worlds. Now let's get into our diss track and favorite things. I see you have made your decision. Now let's see you enforce it. I'll go ahead and start with one thing that I really liked. I thought the release of information was darn near perfect in this. They at no point did they like overwhelm you with the world or the story mm-hmm. or what was going on. And I think a good example of this is the fact that the Legion take human brains and supplant them into their mechs to run the mechs because they they can't come up with a computer that can run them as well as a human brain. And Shin can actually hear that. That's his power, right? He can hear the black sheep as they're called talking. Mm-hmm. And it's not until episode five that we learn about that. So it takes almost halfway through the first season before we learn about that, where a lesser storyteller or a lesser anime, they'd be talking about that in the first episode and completely confusing us. So I think the release of information in this is spot on. Uh, I want to piggyback off of that. Uh, Yeah. Just with a little, like a little, did you know, are we doing core two, two? Or are we just talking about core one? You can bring it up. I think it's fine. Okay. So in core two, we, you know, it's going after the black sheep, which is Frederica's knight or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. They bring up a name of another black sheep, which is called No Face. I don't know if you guys recall that. Do you know who No Face is? No. It's actually uh, Vladislena's father. Oh fucking dad! Oh really? Yes. I had a speculation wow. about that too. Because when you I had when a they when you show when they show him dead when they show his body, he doesn't have a head. That's a good catch. Yeah, that's a real good catch. Like that's not revealed. That's just I read it somewhere because oh, I was man. like trying to refresh my memory. I was like, oh, I never caught that, but it makes sense. It makes yeah. so much sense now. Who who else has something that you would like to say was something that you liked or did not like about eighty six? I just like the fight choreography, the uh, the music behind it, everything is just super awesome. One thing I, I guess, kind of disliked, uh, that's hard. I mean, I really liked it. It was really nothing that I dislike about it. Um, I guess the elements of, poli- of politics and everything like that. And if you're not a specific race, you're non-human. That's one thing I didn't like. But um... I don't think you're supposed <laughs> to like it, though. That's, yeah, that's the tough why, part, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Man, I thought I was going to bring the first disc, but it looks like Daddy can beat me to it. So Again. the Shin reveal power really irked me the wrong way. Hmm. It just felt that 
it needed this to probably justify something that's going on with Shin. And it kind of pushed forward the whole why he wears his scarf. Because honestly, I honestly thought it was just his standard attire and stuff like that. But the moment they mentioned what happened and then now they reveal that he has a scar on his neck, I was like, if it was any other show, especially in Shonen's, it would make sense like that. But for this one, for it being kind of a more politically charged type of like this, I didn't feel that it was necessary in the actual story. The magical power, the part of that that I would add on that bugs me about it is how it's his brother, right? That almost kills Mm -hmm. him and how he gets so close to death or does die. He gets this power to be able to hear the black sheep and hear the Legion talking. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I didn't like about that is they do not do a good job at all of explaining why his brother was choking him out. Correct. And for a show that was so on point with a lot of the emotion, it, that explanation was garbage. Like there isn't, an understandable reason why his brother was doing that to him. And that, that is what bothered me about that. They did talk about that in, I think court two. I remember, I remember watching the second, but it still didn't stand out. Like, yeah, I get mm-hmm. TSI. It still didn't. It still didn't stand out like it should have, and it should have been in the first technical season anyway. So mm-hmm. to me, it's a storytelling problem. Sorry, what were you going to say? Mm-hmm. So didn't they bring it up though, that, um, that that's how they got the parade system was from the Nosen clan early. They the did bring that up. That is, that is yes, correct. they mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. But do they do they explicitly make the connection between? I think he had the power before the timeline in my head, at least, was they got the parade from him first. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when they became 86, his brother was choking him out because he is he is garbed in the uniform. Correct. He was actually a child. Yeah, he happened. was a child, mm-hmm. but. His yeah. brother was older, and I think his brother was older, and he was already in '86 during that time. Yeah, so I thought that they he had his power already, mm. like that didn't awake it awakened his power, but it was always kind of in the background. Yeah, yeah, because that's why. Um, oh gosh, what's her name? Yeah, um, Henrietta. Uh, yeah, Henrietta. That's why Henrietta's dad, because mm-hmm. they were neighbors, yeah, you know, picked up on that power because the family could share emotions so if i'm understanding correctly what you're saying is the Mm -hmm. reason his brother choked him out is because shin helped create the parade and that's what allowed them to get the 86 to be separate that's why his brother said it's all his fault is that yeah okay yeah see that was not as explicit to me as i would have liked right there was the one small detail though that they that was left out though um the only reason why also the brother choked shin is because the thing is, they had to send both the parents out to serve, and then once they both come back, they would give citizenships to the kids. But since the mom died, one of them wasn't granted full citizenship because of that, and that's when his brother started choking Shin. Mm. And that's actually shown in the in Core Two, which is kind of spoilery. If like I I should have mentioned that before I did that because that's a big moment in the show. Uh, but yes, sorry if I spoil this to everybody. My bad. <laughs> you're good, but you're good. That's that's probably the only time like I would give that specific story like an actual like an actual positive from the Shin side. Yeah, that should have been in the season one. And so for mm-hmm. me, kind of in the the same line, I'll just carry on with the disses and then we can give it some likes because there's a lot of likes. But the that first third 
of the story was so good. I was like, holy crap, I see why Blake loves this. This is definitely going to be a five. And then he kills his brother. And then there's like 10 episodes of like wandering for me where there's like who. And I think part of it shows because there's um, what's her name? Frederica comes into play and no one even mentioned her in the like abouts. And she's like a huge character. And he builds like a one day relationship with Eugene and he goes to his grave later. It's like the, the relationships I care. And then we lost Lena or Lena. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We lost her for like 10 episodes. I forget the character in Vikings. You always talk about Blake. Yeah. She got no Ragnard bad. She got no Ragnard real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She got no Ragnard real bad. <laughs> and, and that was like, that relationship was the one I cared the most about was Lena and Shin. And then Shin and his brother were the other relationship. And there's just this kind of chunk in the middle. The ending was great. The first third was great. This chunk in the middle act two kind of was, was weak for me because I didn't, the relationships just didn't make a lot of sense. I didn't care about them as much. So the first season, quote unquote, is like episode one through 11, I think, where in uh, the cliffhanger is where you believe that Shin is dead, right? Where uh, yes. you believe he's done, right? So that's the technical mm-hmm. first season. Um, and I'm glad this is coming up because that's what I would give a five, right? If we're including, sure. if we're going through the whole 20 whatever episodes. Oh, see, I, I thought the whole 20 three or whatever was the season one yeah it's listed that way yeah they did two cores of it though but i would drop a point i would drop a point for those things that you're saying it's not until the end of uh what ash is called second core right it's not until the Mm -hmm. end of that where i'm like okay now this is good because and i'm just gonna jump in here with one more thing and then i promise i'll shut up for a little bit (laughs) in that second core shin plays completely against type because in the first one he's like the stoic quiet Mm -hmm. caring warrior and in that the beginning of that second core he's like a crazy jerk face that like acts like he doesn't care about anybody other than killing legion just yeah Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just it's such a uh abrupt change I, I didn't like that at all. It wasn't until the end of that second core is like the 22nd or 23rd episode where I'm like, okay, now, now this was worth watching all of that. Right. To get to it. <laughs> and as for what you just said, Mervis, because that's when Lena comes back yeah. and we're like, oh, now this can be awesome again. Sweet. I didn't bring up Frederica because I thought we were just talking about the first core. <laughs> that's yeah. why I didn't bring up. I, I didn't know it was split up like. Yeah, it's split up like that. It was strangely split up like that, mm-hmm. which is which is honor. Which I actually will make that a, a actual diss. The way how they did split it up, honestly, was probably not a good way of doing it because the first eleven episodes were not too bad. They gave us a cliffhanger, which is great, and then they gave us I think it was I think it was like ten episodes, and then then they told us that the the two episodes left. That they're gonna come out later on. Yeah. So we got those. We got those first few ones in October, but then then they didn't come out again until March. Uh, okay. And the way how they split that up was like, why did you do it that way? It's they leave you on a like a really good spot on the second core, and then the next episode showed, and then that was like the finalization of that, and then we got the last episode two weeks after that mm-hmm. last episode dropped as well. So yeah, they 
poorly poorly did the way how they're supposed to do the run on that thing but the sh- and i kind of felt that they hurt the show a little bit but it if it, it made sense on certain standpoints which i thought was like i i thought it was still like a really bold choice because even though like i still gave it a five for a recommendation it's even though that kind of technically should have hurt my viewing of it and actually it actually kind of helped it because then we finally got the full conclusion of what they were actually throwing out for this essentially first two cores. Those last like three episodes are incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yes, they are. But wasn't it like right in between COVID too? Yeah, I think so. so. A little bit of in between COVID. Yeah. But then also that I think they had, they had like something happen to one of the voice actors. So they had to stop for a while. Well, it was Billy. Yeah. It was Billy yeah. that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. See, stop trying to down my, it's still a five. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's I still, still like, five. I'm still backing my five. That's fair. But that, the way how they, the way how they released the episodes was yeah, not no, it, a good way of doing it at all. Like, honestly, it was not. I caught on to it late. So I think when I started. Yeah, lucky. Uh, when I started, I think it was the end, core one had already finished. I caught on to it on Thursday. <laughs> nice. All right, uh, Daddy, Coon, or Jessica, we have not heard from either of you in a little bit. What's something you liked, either of you did liked or did not like about 86? I could let oh, Jessica it's go. It's okay, you, you can go first, liked. I'll go after you. Yeah. Okay. okay. It means they um, don't want to talk. No, no, I do want to talk, I do want to talk, but you know, I'm uh, my chivalry, right? Um, mm-hmm. One thing I really liked was, uh, how do you pronounce your name? Frederica? Fred- Frederica. Oh, Frederica. Yeah. Frederica. Yeah, Frederica. Um, I kind of like how she had her own like story in part two, and how she kind of looked at Shin as like an older brother type, and kind of like how you said, yeah, part he was different from part one and part two. Um, she really grew on him towards the end, and that kind of became like a, a catalyst for him to change to actually start caring, you know, about people that actually care for him, instead of his obsession with trying to kill the Legion or kill his brother whatever right whatever his uh his uh his goals are but like how you said the last couple minutes when he uh was with malise uh my heart stopped on that i was just like finally well that last that last shot uh, where their hands are just yeah. like this uh, and then it's like cut. exactly i was uh, just like finally so i will i will jump in and, and say this First season of 86 caused me as a human person of the world to cry actual tears of water more than any other anime I've watched at all. And I'm not ashamed to admit that this, Mm. the first season of this to me gave me more feels than any other anime. And especially the first two times I watched it, because there was a break in between. Mm -hmm. And I just, I remember like literally crying about this anime. Yeah. Um, the second core or second season, whatever we want to call it, I did not have any of that until that moment at the end. Exactly. Where their hands get so close to touching Lena's and Shin's and then... Yeah. There's like a whole like episode and a half where like he starts to open the mech. Yeah. And there's all that anticipation yeah. and like it's all emotional from basically exactly. that point until that last scene. Mm-hmm. Because that's the relationship that matters the most. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. That was one thing I liked. The one thing I disliked was uh, how Melise was basically Asunud from the second quarry. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't Asunud. She was doing her own thing. Yeah, she didn't get kidnapped, though. Well, no, she was just pushed in the background for a little bit until the last two minutes of the second quarry. God. 
Yeah, we we call that no Ragnar because if you ever watched the show Vikings, uh, mm-hmm. when it was on the History Channel, the guy that played Ragnar was like the draw of that show. Super charismatic, super interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they pulled Ragnar and had him die in the show, it's like it went... Oh, no. It was significantly worse and never recovered. Ooh. So we call that Ragnar. no Ragnar. No Ragnar, okay. I'll keep that in mind. I liked the second season, so hmm. it was still fine. But yeah, that's fine. It was it great. Wasn't nearly as good. The the first one was very emotional. Now that I know it was the first season, I was calling mm-hmm. it the first act. Jess, what's your take? I really liked this anime. Um, I thought that they had a great romance going, and I haven't seen Core Two. Um, I've only seen the Core One. <laughs> Uh, I've seen a couple episodes of the core too, <laughs> and good. so it's okay. Um, but you know, they had this kind of beautiful romance starting, you know, with Millie Zay and Shin, and you know, there was uh, they were connecting even though they were far away, and you know, they had the late night talks, and, and they were just able to, to begin understanding each other, and then you know, she could eventually hear the voices that he heard and just started trying to understand what it might feel like to be in 86. And, and I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, but I didn't like that it was like fated for, for them to never meet, you know? And again, I've not watched all of season two, but I wanted a moment. Mm -hmm. They never meet just so you know, (laughs) never. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, I wanted a moment where they could connect, you know, for me, that's why it was a four is because I needed the full circle romance, you know, at, at, as a as a woman, I needed that. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed the moment where they like see each other and they're like, "I love you," you know, or something like that. And it didn't it didn't <laughs> happen. But the the writing of the story, you know, was really great, and you know, left us as a cliffhanger wondering if you know Shin is dead at the end. And yes. yeah. yep. And uh, you know, and then Millie say. Um, you know, trying to save him with the big attack. And um, it, it almost looked like she's going out to look for him. Um, I don't know how that all works out. But uh, anyway, I just I felt like it was an amazing story. I loved all the writing. The concept was great. The love story really started to suck me in. And then the fact that they couldn't meet, I couldn't. It didn't come full circle for me. And and in my my girl mind, I couldn't have my romance fulfilled season three yeah Yeah, i uh Mm -hmm. i would say that they could have ended it after that 11th episode and never made another 86 show again and i would still call it a masterpiece it'd be a tragedy more of a tragedy exactly exactly so as gut-wrenching as that would be i oh yeah so you know it's crazy though i didn't cry at this one i didn't get the tears. I did get the feels. I was very into it, but I cried more in Ranking of Kings for a little Boji. <laughs> I I cried more in Ranking of Kings. I'll Ranking admit, of yeah. Kings is a great anime. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> anime. I cried, I cried more in that. I cried in this one too, but I I'm a baby, so I just yeah. I could like half the time commercials make me cry. So I... no, don't buy that fabric softener. <laughs> The best romance is the one with Anju. Oh, man. Anju Emma? Yeah. yeah that is good. I almost cried. Uh, I do want to bring up a positive on one thing from like the first core that since we touched up on emotions, essentially, the moment they the moment they left Fido. Oh, yeah. Fido. Like the you were never really supposed to enjoy 
just a machine, but they gave you a machine with like so much emotion. And it's it saddened me when they had when Fido was no longer around. You were always supposed to love Fido. I love Fido too. I haven't seen the part where he's not around yet because um, I haven't I haven't gotten there. But I feel like I would be very sad because I loved Fido and they really made him emotional and like in his own way he loved them in his little doggy, you know. Um, Computer, right? <laughs> I kept thinking they would break him open and he would have a dog brain. Jesus. <laughs> well, and come on, you can't tell me that when they showed those little clips of people talking to Fido and all that, that mm-hmm. you that you didn't yeah. all get the feels. At that was that. the last episode. Right? I could not stop crying after that episode. <laughs> that did get me. Yeah. It was one of the was last like, oh, ones. Fido, yeah. I want a Fido. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's I mean, confiding in Fido. Because yep. like, he carries stuff and can move stuff real easy. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're all talking about the emotional aspect and impact of Fido and the relationship that this robot had with all of the characters and how they would confide in Fido. And Merv's like, mm-hmm. yeah, Fido was great. He could carry a bunch of stuff. Yeah, very practical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's very practical. And yeah, oh, Fido, come in, Fido happens in season two and it was great and emotional. And yes, there you go. More emotion for core two. <laughs> it definitely got me excited to watch the second uh, part. That's for sure. Oh, uh, it, it's going to make you sad before okay. it makes you happy. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to can I I'm going to do my big like. OK, this is a metaphor where we have a dystopian future where people are segregated for uh, the color of their hair, technically. But it's not an allegory for anything you can place almost anything over there depending on your point of view your political persuasion your belief system whatever it is you could say oh well they obviously represent indentured servants or they obviously represent the civil rights movement or lgbtqia plus or the um christians the persecution of the christians or the crusades persecution of the muslims you can you can put anything on there Mm -hmm. and that's what makes a metaphor great so it doesn't it doesn't just make you mad because you don't agree with what they're saying about something. It doesn't just like cheerlead for you and, and give you like, oh, see, I'm right. Give you like these kind of confident things. You mm-hmm. can look at it in the best of art. You look at it and it means different things to different people at different times in their life. And that's what metaphor can do that allegory can never do. And this is like a great metaphor and it doesn't try to say this is my message or this is what I want you to believe or I'm telling you you're right or you're wrong or anything like that. It's just a metaphor so you can take it for what it is. Yeah, well said. Even like the parade mm. stuff and oh, yeah. the dangers of technology and all you could yeah, there's a lot you can self assign your beliefs onto. Uh and I think that is also what makes this a great anime for so many different types of people. It's a really good point, Merv. Well said. Yeah, thanks for explaining it, Merv, because I know Ash wouldn't have got it. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't. Nice. Go- I wasn't going to ask you to explain it, but. <laughs>
The other thing I would think about too is from a military perspective. So being a veteran and watching, um, you know, the 86 fighting and fighting and remembering, you know, what it felt like to be in that mode all of the time. The only thing that you ever really want is a moment of peace. You, you want to escape it and you want to find a way out and a way toward your freedom again. And when they finally escaped the barriers, you know, of the 86th district, and they were free for those days where they could just go wherever they wanted, they could joke around, they found a school, and it was the first time they've ever been in a school, and it was like this whole new world where they could just relax for a moment and not have to be fighting, and how that must have felt to go from that constant, like, pressure and, and stress and worry of dying to just having a moment to be like, wow, I can actually live for a few days and be at peace. Yeah. Now, now did you did you give it a four? Yeah. I think you're going to give it a five when she, when it okay. finishes. I want to know when you finish. I want to know yeah. if you still give it, think it's four whenever yeah. you finish because yeah. yeah. what you just said makes me think that you're going to like it more after season, the second half. Yeah, that's a good thought. You you know, I think you're right. It's just, for me, it was the love story. Honestly, it was just the love story. I'm yeah. like, why can't they just freaking meet each other? You know, and I'm like, oh, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> like, I just... Well, and there's the moment where they're leaving and they're kind of just talking to each other about, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to find? I don't know. And she's like running and trying like, no, don't leave. And like her heel breaks or whatever. And yeah, mm -hmm. that, that part was tough, too, for that reason, because you do <sighs> want them just to. The other thing, too, is so she did go down to where the 86 were. And I'm like, why didn't she do that earlier when they were there? Like, why did she take so long to be like, oh, I'll go visit now that I know they're gone? Like, what? Like, oh, mm -hmm. you missed it, girl. Like, come on. <laughs> Get the... just, why don't you why don't you send your firework ammunition to him? Right. Yeah. 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 Hide in the box. Or just FaceTime him. Or do like Frederica yep. and just hide in the cargo thing of Fido and let Fido bring you to Right. Us. I mean, and she was high ranking. She could have figured it out. You know, she'd be like, I have to go down and, exactly right. you know, check it out. <laughs> yeah, I think she I think she was the highest ranking handler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so. that's something that I I have kind of feel a certain way about too is I could sell it either way. So on one hand, I was a little it started to bother me a little bit that she was so vocally against the narrative that they yeah. were trying mm -hmm. and never had any re I mean, I get it her uncle was in charge, but she never had any repercussions for all the crazy things that she said that was totally against the narrative. Mm -hmm. Never got in trouble for it once. Well, she got demoted. Yeah, she did. To captain. Yeah, from major to captain. Yeah, but wasn't that until the second? Yeah, you're you're right though. I had the same note that 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 was a little bothersome because mm -hmm. it could have added a ton of conflict. Isn't that why they gave her the the position over Spearhead though? No, they gave her the position over Spearhead because I believe because she was the only one actually doing oh, wow. the job. And to me, that's the other. Yeah, right. Well, they want him to die in Spearhead yeah. too. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the other side of it. Is the reason they didn't, she didn't really get in any trouble, is because the whole military could not care less about anything. I mean, they're all drunk mm -hmm. in the yeah. front half the time. So that that's kind of how I tried to sell that to myself. Is the mm -hmm. reason she can say all these things and have these outbursts is because no one really cares. Yeah. Yeah. There should have been like a sto a social stigma to it, though. Yeah. I felt like. 
Well, I mean, like all of the officers around her already like just just taste her as it is. Whenever mm, she walked true. around, they would give her a bad look every single time. Yeah. So I mean, you could tell that she d- is making some sort of like waves around in the rankings because of that. And even outside of the army, because Henrietta acted a certain way yeah. whenever she'd bring it up. Yep, and that's supposed to be her friend. For her own reasons, yeah. Super convenient reveal that was that her neighbor mm-hmm. was Shin and all yeah. that. Very. I yeah. thought that I thought it was, it was really obvious cool too. I yeah. thought it was cool, but super like super convenient, mm-hmm. overly convenient. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a couple of those too, like the Nosen clan also being the black sheep. Yeah. I actually liked and disliked that specific reveal. Like, I liked it because we got clarification essentially for. Essentially, why Henrietta is still like involved with a lot of these things as well, because she she didn't have to choose to like that profession, but since it was her father, she essentially continued with it. But what I didn't really like on it is the way how Melise actually played the that actual game with her, essentially to try to get her to help, essentially try to you know help the eighty six out by literally dropping a name, and she knew who that name was. She played that so dirty and. <laughs> I, I hated that scene so much because it went against Melisa's character yeah. so much. But that is like a plus on her because the fact that she didn't stay one dimensional the entire time. Like, and I was like thoroughly surprised. And that's also the reason why she ended up being my waifu in the in the series too. Like that one scene was like, wow. Well, I think she did it because she couldn't understand why her friend was being so cold about it because Mm -hmm. she's got these, you know, they're obviously humans and her friend is always just shutting her down whenever she tries to talk about it. And then she finds out this big reason why. I love that moment of manipulation. You're right. It was dirty, but it was sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. All right. Mike's open. I got, I'm going to do a good, I'm going to do a like then. One thing that I really liked and we talked about the animation a little in the fights, but there was some really cool attention to detail in the animation. The thing like the little blue light on their eye from the communicator was always there. Um, there's a scene where they're talking in a gazebo and some snow falls as they're talking. And it's like as if you were filming this in this moment and some snow like happened to fall. Um, and so there's like a lot of cool little detail moments that uh-huh. kind of let you feel like you're kind of more immersed in what's happening would we all agree that the cgi was handled like it's supposed to be in anime in this yes oh yeah, yeah. well yeah. mix yeah. make anime have a longer history with it too so yeah they do they kind of they kind of have more of a uh grasp of it did uh shin had like a sixth sense didn't he that made him more like battle Mm-hmm. It was his ability. Is a uh... his ability. Yeah, yeah. Well, he could tell like where their brain was, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah he could hear them essentially. Basically. Yeah, I kind of like how like most mechs have like some sort of ours is anime in general, but you know how like Shin had like that sixth sense. I kind of like tie that to the to Iron Blooded Orphans with the Alaya and Janna surgery. Kind of mm-hmm. like makes them more battle ready, more battle adapt, more you know spatial their spatial awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically, I, I kind of correlate those two things. <laughs> That that is basically the yeah. yeah I see what you're saying. How would you sit if you had the Alea Binyana though? How would you sit in a chair? How would I? I sit never in get that. I never got that. You're right. like yeah, because that thing is jutting out your back. You just don't sit down hard. <laughs> just, <laughs> you have a a, a a a donut, but you just put it on. 
Oh, okay. Well, they just work. don't show the boring part where it's like you're trying to put in a USB and you're like... Well, Mikasa, he doesn't sit down. Um, I don't think I actually said I like or dislike. I've just kind of been bouncing off of you guys. Well, one of my likes <laughs> was um, whenever they got to draw it. That sounds right. The the second place, the Federacy, yeah. When they yeah. got to the Federacy, even though the Federacy was more visually more um, accepting. Okay, I would say diverse. <laughs> yeah, more diverse. It was just in show mostly. Like they were still getting the same treatment, essentially, just in a different format that they did in San Magnolia. So I really liked that because I kind of thought that it was showing how even though you can be you can be diverse and yet still like segregate mm-hmm. at the same time. I like that, but I didn't understand why they were calling them eighty six. I wanted them to be like separate from society, and mm-hmm. you could call them, you know, foreigners or you know, immigrants or. You call, you know, there could be reasons still for people to not trust them or not like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they called them 86. I didn't understand. Did they know about? They told them the story. Yeah. Right? They told them the mm-hmm. story. But I think to your point, that's more for us yeah. Yeah. than for the mm-hmm. story. Yeah. I am going to bring up, though, the uh, the main fight that essentially was the, I would say, probably the awakening of what shit's going to be. Essentially, the whole entire time, like, he's been always, like, chatting up about, like, his brother, brother, his brother, this and that. But then, like, the, the coldness came out and was like, no, nah, I want to kill my brother. And the moment we finally got to that episode where he actually finally gets to gun him down right then and there, yeah. it's I, I kind of did really like the fact that he got his uh, resolution right there at that moment. And then later on, we start seeing that, like, his, like, personality has changed and, like, the the constant, like, evolution of his character, like, got better and better. And that's why when he went completely the other way, it lost me for a bit because he went through all that to be able to be the softer, more friendly Mm -hmm. Shin and then just for whatever reason can't handle not being, Mm -hmm. I don't know. The switch, like, the shift in his personality goes, and that might just be me, but I attributed it more as... A side effect of his ability and a kind of like a reverb effect because Kiri has that ability too and that would have been I don't know I don't think his brother had it though did he I don't I don't think, I don't think he so. did no I don't think they so, mentioned no. it they mentioned it um like being in uh the Nausen clan so. yeah he could do it with his family but he Shin had the strongest version of it or whatever yeah and i felt like maybe that was why because if you notice he started reflecting kyrie more as he fought against them more so i felt like maybe that was hmm how do i put it like basically the mirror effect was him kind of losing himself in a way yeah it's like if you're if you have twins and one of the twins dies yeah and Mm -hmm. you feel like you lost a part of yourself i think that's a good Mm -hmm. way to look at it i don't know if that's right or not but it's awesome I think there's... Yeah, I don't know if it's right, but that's just how <laughs> like my brain interpreted it. It's one of those ones where you can bring what you will. I looked at it as this, so, um, and I'm sure Jessica would know this too. But a lot of people that go to actual war, they get so used to a heightened sense of living, a heightened sense of being, just being on guard and like in that excitement. Well, yeah. And then when they come home and things are slower and duller, there are a lot of military people who actually want that heightened state of being or 
want to get back to that. So that's how I kind of looked at it. Like he was able to get out of that heightened state, able to get out of war, but really he wanted that. He thrived in that. Well, they all kind of did, right? Because they all kept like re-signing up or trying to get back on the battlefield. Exactly. Yeah, they do do that. They do that twice, actually. Yeah, yeah. They they barely had enough breathing room to just live normal lives, and then they're like, "Uh, "We just want to fight." So hmm. no, I can relate. I mean, when I came back from war, it took me, you know, a couple years to readjust. And I funny funny story. I actually would go to roller coaster parks. So like, because you're 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 right. It it takes a little bit, and you have to find a way to just kind of build the adrenaline back up, and you know, find your way back to normal. But I really liked theme parks back then because I could be like, all right, like (laughs) I need some excitement outside of just normal life. Yeah, yeah. People definitely get addicted to cortisol, like the fear hormone, and you need to feel it. So people really like horror movies or roller coasters. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then being in the military or being in especially in wartime military is that times a million yeah but you get there you know time heals you know most everything with you know a lot of love (laughs) yeah it it does take time yeah i almost made a joke at blake's expense but i didn't want to Oh, oh no. <laughs> I was going to be like, is that why you wake up to Blake every morning? Yes, it is. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a joke. That's a compliment. He, he's yeah, the yeah, love of my life. life. No. Yeah, yeah, Blake's the love of my life. Blake's like a roller coaster. He's a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, can take it as a good yeah. thing. I will. I will decide to do that. Adorable. Yeah, well, we've been married a long time, so... I choose the positive. I just like to poke jokes jokes at people. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Uh, does anyone else have anything else you would like to say to anyone else about 86? Only that it's better than Iron Blood and Orphan. Oh, what? We're, we'll get there. Ooh. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get Ash's there. got yes something. No. Go ahead. I want to bring up one last like about yep. this series. So this series, when I first came into it, 
I was like, oh, they're going to tell this story. Okay, I already saw. I already knew exactly a lot of the turns and events of what's going to be happening. But then, like, the later I got, the later the, you got more invested with these characters, like, the more and more you started feeling this show is becoming better and better as it went down. And that's one of the few things where I can say, like, even though, like, this type of story specifically has been told hundreds of thousands of times like honestly this thing is like a like i made this comparison in our episode when we reviewed season one of 86 uh it's like i saw it as the same way as like the nazis did to the the jews essentially it's like you can see that specific like separation from that mm-hmm. and you can literally take yeah. it as that way too 100%. Yeah. and the fact that like this like the fact that this story was very compelling and kept me like motivated to keep watching and watching it like, I'm really glad that they took this type of story and it really did expand a lot of stuff that probably shouldn't have needed to be expanded, but got you invested because they did expand on this, mm-hmm. these types of things. I mean, you can go back to basically Romeo and Juliet. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, excellent storytelling. I think especially the first season and the end of the second season. <laughs> masterfully done, masterfully written. The world feels real. The world feels lived in. It, it feels cleaner, and that's why my first thing I talked about was the way things are revealed, I thought, was done perfectly because it's a very detailed world, but it feels clean, like you don't feel confused about what's what uh, very often, at least. So I, I really, really enjoyed this a lot, and it's I had to keep bringing it up to jessica be like do you start watching 86 yet do you start watching 86 yet you're gonna like it i promise give it like five episodes just give it five and just kept having to push 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 but um i think this is one that just about anyone can enjoy exactly oh yeah it was great i'm glad i'm glad you pushed me to watch it it was more than worth it. <laughs> the second half is the best half because that's when all the fighting goes on. <laughs> a lot of the fighting does happen then. But mm-hmm. for those of us who have watched Iron-Blooded Orphans in 86. <laughs> so, Merv, we'll start with you because you already put out your opinion. We've done both with the Simbing for Senpai team. W- which is better? I like this better. I mean, the biggest reason, and Iron Blood Orphans was fine, but like Ash said, like the story has been told a thousand times, but you could almost every story has been told a thousand times you know there's an old adage that there are only two stories a stranger comes to town or or a person goes on a quest and so i like when there's kind of a simple story or a story that you're familiar with because it allows you to build complex characters and a complex world and those are characters especially are usually more interesting to me than um, something that's very plotty and so i felt like this did the things maybe it's just me did the things i like better characters and world than iron blood orphans did which i think focused uh, more on plot like the kind of political intrigue very good psychotics uh which which do you prefer i forgot that y'all didn't get to season two of iron blooded orphans so i was gonna bring (laughs) up a moment in iron blooded orphans 2 that i was like you're gonna tell me that the thing with the thing but i can't because you (laughs) haven't watched it and i'm upset about that because i forgot about that but, hmm, which one is better? Okay, this is complicated. Because, I don't know, I think I just like the headiness of IBO a little bit more. But the the characters are a little bit better done in 86. But the mechs are better in IBO. You think the iron-blooded mechs are better than the, the fights are better? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Most yeah. definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus, you could fight They're in space. Pretty. 
<laughs> yeah, like some of the space fights. The space are fights rude. where you can't tell what's going on. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. It's because you're yeah. old and you don't understand 3D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but I do kind of understand like the detailed orient because the fights in '86 you do get a lot more of the uh, like kind of minute by minute like seeing the rain of artillery shells more often yeah. even though you do mm-hmm. get it in iron-blooded orphans you but most of that happens in the second season too i truly believe 50 percent of any of it is the sound and we don't give it as much credence yeah. because we, mm-hmm. we yeah the sound feel really like good. the what you see is more important but the sound design between the two i'd have to give it to 86 all day long so i think that adds it mm-hmm. it yeah. makes it more three-dimensional uh for me mm. I would have to listen to Iron Blooded Orphans again because I don't really pay attention. All right, Ash, which is better? Oh, man. Okay. Well, since I've already been through like the whole entire core or both cores of, of 86, 86 has done really well. And rewatching actually season two, both hit hard in emotional levels. Like both of them do. They both also have something that I think both of these shows, like honestly, I. And I did say I would, I'd recommend both of these shows, too. The female characters are, some of them are pretty strong characters. And it's rare when you get, and I've always said this all the time, it's rare when you get strong female protagonists involved in, in some stories. But, man, the ROM inside of me has to say that 86, like, the way how they ended on that note, it, like, it just opened me. as like, dude, it's so good. But it, it sucks because it's, like, 51 to 49 percent on like both ends so that's why it's like i had to give a slight edge on that one specifically for it yeah that's good really close all right daddy coon which is better so this is pretty hard for me uh i kind of like uh size take and ash's take on it um i would probably rate 86 kind of like ash like at least for me 51 to 49 percent because they both hit hard when they need to they both have similar dystopian plots um I would probably give 86 a slight edge just because of like the creativity of the music, the noise, the animation that I believe Merv brought like on certain scenes when there's like uh, the realism of snow falling or if like uh, the use in the end of like the color between the blue to the red on Shin's, through Shin's eye. Uh, I think the usage of that is cool. Um, I only give probably Iron Blood and Orphan the edge on fights, but ROM, cinematography, world dystopia, I'd probably give 86. I love Iron Blood Orphans, don't get me wrong, but I think the only thing good about mm-hmm. it is the strong female character and the f- mech fights. <laughs> All right. Very good. So I will be a little bit different. Um, and I know Jessica's not watched Iron Blooded Orphans, but I can say unequivocally she would prefer 86 because of the personal relationships, the romance, that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, having been married to her for a while, I would know that. <laughs> he knows me so well. Um, and I would agree. So, but I'm going to go a little different. I would say 86 is better by a pretty big margin to me. Mm. I was not confused near as much as I was, especially at the beginning of iron blooded orphans about a lot of the political stuff. And we talked about this in our episode. So if anyone hasn't listened to our iron blooded orphans episode, I would highly recommend it. It's a great one. Episodes. Yep. Episodes. Yep. Yep. Um, but we often would say in that, or I said this at least a couple of times, it took a while before it started to 86. Mm-hmm. And I just keep going back to the pacing of this, the pacing of 86. And I just, I think it's a masterpiece of that a masterclass in pacing 
So it made the story really enjoyable for me. I love the romance aspect because that grounds it for me and makes it feel a little bit more real. And then, like I said, the sound design especially added a lot to the fights for me. So I, I would ask everyone to kind of think real quick. If I were to say, think about what Shin's cannon on his juggernaut sounds like when it when it fires into a legion, I bet everyone on this podcast right now can think of what that kuchink sounds like. I bet everyone mm-hmm. can remember that sound. Or when he would slide his juggernaut to the side and it would have that click. It'd like click, 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 click when it would go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the walking sound? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to Iron-Blooded Orphans, there's an 80s sounding sound. It's like a <laughs> ka like yeah. a ka <laughs> that the Gundam makes. And that's the only one I can remember in that. But I can rem- yeah. remember a zillion in, uh, in 86. So that's meaningful to me. So yeah, I'd give it an edge by quite a bit, but both both great anime. Yeah, you can't go yeah, wrong with this. I mean, I liked '86 quite a bit better, but like, it's it is hard to beat. Like, what is it, Barbados or whatever? Yeah, Barbados. Uh, Barbados. Like that's Bar- that kind of sweet, <laughs> classic Gundam robot. You know, that's that's the design is is hard to beat because like in '86 they were they were cool, but they all kind of had similar. They're spider looking, even yeah. the bad guys, the good guys. They're- they're um, mass produced, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Gundam is more of a ace pilot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Before I get into what's next, let's um, let's have what you guys tell us again about the Simping for Senpai podcast and where people can find you. That's Ash's job. <laughs> I mean, if you guys have listened this long in our podcast and don't want to go subscribe to these guys, I don't know what to tell. Exactly. Right. Well, once again, we are Sipping for Sent by Podcast. You can find us any platform that you listen to your podcasts on, whether it's a Podbeam, Google Podcasts, Apple, even Stitcher. You guys find us anywhere that you get your podcasts at. So make sure to also hit us up on the Discord. It's I'm Ash Basham. That's Psychotics. That's Daddy Coon. Mm-hmm. We're always there. We're always chatting with a bunch of people. So just come on by. Come check us out. All right. Very good. So let's talk about what's next. What's the next one that we should do? Do y'all do currently Aaron shows? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'm just subscribed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. They just did Bubble. <laughs> yeah. No, I am. Uh, yeah, we did. Atomi Games. Have y'all done a sports? Family. Have y'all, yeah. y'all done the sports one recently? Mm-mm. I, I think we've only done one sports one, right? You guys did Megalobox, yeah. There's two really good ones. There's two really good ones showing right now. Ao Aishi. That one's good. And uh, Birdie Wing. <laughs> okay, I'd be down for a sports one. Yeah, I'd be down. Let me let me sell you on Birdie Wings, right? Okay. It is the most <laughs> anime show you will ever watch. It is so stupid, you will love it. Okay. Oh, God damn it. I'm <laughs> down for Birdie Wing. Let's let's sign up for that then. Birdie wing, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we like doing. Actually, we perf- we kind of like doing currently airing the the, the, okay. the current airing ones. Uh, mm-hmm. We get way more listeners, like almost double. Yeah, it's okay. insane. Okay, I think well, those. I think that one's ending this weekend. The the last episode showing this weekend. So really? If you want to do it, we can do it. Yeah, I think right. so. That'd be awesome. We'll start watching it and we'll figure out a date. Thank you. Just be prepared for some. <laughs> there's there's a point where you'll be like, really. Okay, but it's crazy. It's stupid. It's it's not one of the best written shows, but it's anime. <laughs> it's super anime. 
<laughs> so Merv, you'll have a lot of stuff to dislike about it. That's fair. Yeah, that's fine. Uh-huh. Everything doesn't have to be a masterpiece. Oh no, to it's be not. It's enjoyable. I am the resident show trash boy that likes to wallow in this trash. Very good. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Look forward to lots of amazing episodes upcoming. As you heard, we're going to be talking about birdie golf anime again with simping for senpai very soon. And then our next episode, we will actually be live from JFAX. Well, we'll be recording live. You'll listen to it on a recording. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, It'll be pre-recorded. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, Pre-recorded live on set. That's a that's a uh, anime uh, convention in West Michigan. So if you didn't know about it and you listen to us, like the day this comes out or the day before this comes out, if you listen to this one the day before it comes out, head on down. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the area, we would have invited you guys, but you know you're on completely opposite sides of the. You're all over the country. Yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. We will be joined by the Baka Talk podcast team from Detroit, so that should be interesting and fun to do. Yeah, and that's all I got. So thank you so much again, everyone, for listening. You can find us at animeshoshin.com. That's A-N-I-M-E-S-H-O-S-H-I-N.com. Find all of our links there. Join us on Discord. And as Merv likes to say, tell us how wrong we are about everything we said <laughs> on the podcast. That's the only we'll time you. I go to your Discord. yeah we like that uh we like that anger attention it's one of our favorites Mm -hmm. so all right uh thanks everybody talk to you in the next episode bye see See you bye have you joined us yet if not then i'm sorry i won't be sharing my dinner with you As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.